My Travel Podcast, a travel podcast that highlights our travel community of women, people of color, and adventurous spirits. You can expect amazing travel stories and incredible experiences from all over the world, along with tips and tricks from our expert guests. I'm your host, Janine Romo, aka La Wild Explorer. And I'm your co-host and producer, Martha Espinoza Wynn, aka Martha Gets It. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. We have a special guest on our podcast today. We have Flavia of Latino Traveler. Um, Flavia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell our listeners what you're, what you've been up to. Hi, Janine. Hi, Martha, and everyone listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. Thank you for having me on here. Um, I love listening to it, so I just want to start off by saying that. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, like Janine mentioned, I run Latina Traveler, which is an Instagram, it's a blog, um, it's also a podcast, and most recently also a YouTube. And so I've been traveling for the majority of my life, um, but for the last 15 years, I've traveled a lot solo. And so I didn't really know what I was going to do with this information that I had, or these experiences that I had. But when I found out about travel blogging, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. It took me a bit longer than I originally wanted to, to get to the point to actually throw myself into it, but I have, and I don't regret it for a second, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. But in addition to just traveling for, for as a passion and because I enjoy it, I also studied um, tourism. I did a master's in tourism and travel journalism because I wanted to learn a bit more about the industry, how it worked, how to work in it, and a, a lot of different things related to it. So, so yeah. I love that. You like, you have two masters. Um, I was, I didn't know that. I was very impressed. I was like, wow. And you like studied tourism. Like you were just full on, like, you love travel, you know, ever since you were younger and it's just, it's your life. Like it's, it's all around you now. So I love that. Um, well, I know you and, but our listeners don't. So we're going to do a little this or that rapid fire. Um, so let's go. Um, <laughs> Christmas Eve celebration or New Year's Eve celebrations? Christmas Eve for sure. Christmas Eve it's I feel like Christmas Eve is just it's like the Latinos yeah best holiday ever right yes much of when I get dressed up sit in the sala <laughs> oh my it's god like- I love that always oh, show up in our best um <laughs> yeah so that's why I was like hmm, curious I'm like how because for New Year's Eve my family never really made a big deal about it it was really mm. just like Noche Buena oh okay yeah, my family really didn't do much for New Year's Eve either. I know in Peru, a lot of my cousins will actually be with their family, like their parents or sis- siblings, until midnight, and then after there, go out. But in the U.S., distances were a lot farther. So if I went out with friends, like I wasn't with my parents or anything at midnight. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Use points for flights or accommodations? Uh, flights flights I love it um visiting small towns or big cities well years ago I definitely would have said big cities but lately I'm much more on a small town kick 
Okay. okay. Yeah. I like that. Exploring at sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. There's less people. Sunrise is my favorite and people hate getting up early, <laughs> but I'm like, nobody's going to be there, guys. Let's go. <laughs> right? Oh. You could take a, an afternoon siesta if you get tired mm. any, anyway. So <laughs> Yeah. There's definitely people that are anti getting up before like 10 while on vacation, but yeah. I definitely agree. Things are much less crowded because of that. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'd rather do that. All right. Are you an early packer? You get things done ahead of time or are you last minute packer? Oh, when I was younger, my sister and I would pack months in advance before going to Peru. And now I will pack hours before leaving to the airport. <laughs> times have changed I, times have definitely changed I, I feel you I feel like it depends on like where you're going to right like yeah sometimes you prepare a little bit more in advance I love it well awesome. actually just before moving here um <laughs> I was packing the morning of before going to the airport <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know where you recently relocated to, do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Oh my God. Yeah. Actually, I meant to mention that when you asked Is me it... what was new and I totally forgot. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm originally from New Jersey, but now I am living in Budapest, Hungary. Ooh. Are we getting the, the scoop? You heard sure. it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm actually living with uh, my boyfriend. He is doing a doctorate here. And so he has to be based in the country. And because my visa for Spain was actually denied and I decided to not find a different way to reapply, I kind of have the time and flexibility to be anywhere. So I was like, I might as well be here for a few months. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. I love that you're able to do that. That's such a great, such a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm excited <laughs> and a fun way to kick off the new year you flew mm -hmm. during the new year right it was like yeah yep I literally <laughs> took a flight on new year's eve and I thought it was going to be more exciting but honestly it was really anticlimactic I was like very excited I was like oh I wonder what they're gonna do are they gonna like announce it are they gonna give a champagne literally nothing it was very <gasps> sad actually that was a missed opportunity right I feel like they could do so much better with that and people would actually want to do that then that could be a lot more fun yeah I would, I would love an in-plane countdown and a little champagne toast that's yeah. right like the pilots and the like flight attendants like getting ready with the champagne and they're like all right mm -hmm. guys we are entering the new year in you know wherever they're flying yeah. over right like because it, it just will, will depend like that sounds so exciting so I'm we need to have our own airline and make these changes man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my airlines yeah. and then the, the flight attendants will have like the Britney Spears toxic outfits on just oh, for I the celebration <laughs> I love that <laughs> oh my um, gosh I love it so let's um let's go back to the beginning and talk about like when your travel journey started yeah, that, so my first flight, I guess, I don't know if we want to go that far back, <laughs> my first flight ever. Um, it was actually when I was a, a month old and my mom um, was taking me from Newark uh, or from New Jersey to Lima to meet my family for the first time. Mm. Um, 
So I like to say that's when I caught the trauma because I'm like, oh, my mom, you know, I call her my mom actually on social media. I call her the OG Latina traveler because she she did that trip, I think, on her own with me. So I thought that was pretty badass. That's yes. awesome. With the new baby. Right after yeah. quarantena, she was like, going to go see my family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but after that, um, growing up, my sister and I would spend all of our summers going to Peru mainly, um, but my parents, aside from just visiting Lima, we would also take road trips or go to other parts of the country. So I definitely got to explore a lot of Peru growing up. And we also did road trips around the U.S., but at 15 was actually the first time I really left the Americas and came to Europe for the first time. My parents gave me the option of choosing between a quinceanera or a three-week trip to Europe. And I was like, three-week trip to Europe sounds amazing. And I'm going to do that. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I love that. It like everything, it just, it really did start from the beginning. And yeah, I, it's amazing. I know that tourism has uh, become a big part of your life, your career. Um, how did you shift your focus into tourism? Yeah. So even when I was in college, even though I wasn't working or even studying for anything related to travel, I was still traveling. I did an internship, um, in Costa Rica for, um, to help one of my university professors with a book. Like I had to interview women there. Trans, uh, transcribe and then translate the interviews and the book is actually coming out in March and I'm super excited because photos I took and interviews I did is gonna, are going to be in it so mm. I'm really excited about that um oh, congratulations thank you amazing <laughs> and um and then I also studied abroad in Paris so like I still had travel elements in during my university undergrad even though when I first started, I had the idea of becoming a UN interpreter, which is why I studied languages. And I've always had a passion for learning other languages as well. But after an internship actually with the DA's office in New York, I realized that wasn't the way I wanted to go, but I knew I still wanted travel in my life somehow. So I had to find a way. So after college, I started working many different jobs, but I still would save to continue traveling. Um, until I found a job actually as a tour guide where I started leading trips uh, to different places. Um, it was for teens. So it was pretty much like what I had done when I was younger as a 15 year old, but now I was doing it like I was the counselor, I guess, in this case, or tour guide for these teens. So it's kind of like full circle moment. Yeah, that's awesome. The universe has a really funny, funny way of putting things like right in front of us until we get it. Yeah. Right? Like maybe it was all like, I don't know. It was, it was like in your head. And then I don't know. That's, that's so true. They're yeah. like, get this the, when you were 15 and then you didn't get it. And then they were like, okay, look at this again. <laughs> but now I'm much older. Yeah, exactly. No, I think like I was thinking of like how I could, cause it was a year after. After I graduated yeah 2016 the year after I graduated I was like how can I travel I'd already been in Peru for six or seven months at that point I spent the majority of that year in Peru but I was like how can I travel and get paid for it and so I was like well I went on this trip and 
people were there with me. Like it wasn't just me and, you know, like 10, 15 other teenagers, like we had adults. And so I'm sure they were getting paid for that. And so I started doing research, I started applying, and I quickly got a position, which was great. And so I started working with them, which was amazing. That's cool. Cause there's, there's so many people that like, they, they want a job in tourism or they want to be able to travel. And I feel like unless, unless you actually do the work, it doesn't really, you either have to do the work or like someone has to kind of pull you in. Right. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is what you could do. It doesn't like, or at least for me, like, it's like, how, how can you do that? How, how can you travel and work? And now things, I feel like, you know, there's a lot more options because there's so many companies allowing people to work remotely, but that wasn't even a thing, you know, it wasn't a normal thing probably before the pandemic. So that's really cool that you, like, you saw that you like, I need to figure out how these people are, are able to do this. They're obviously getting paid and you did. So yeah, I love that. Exactly. I was like, so there has have, to be a um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, so you have a master's in tourism and travel journalism, which is amazing. Congratulations. I know that, that getting like, you know, after a BA, it's really hard for um, for women to kind of keep keep getting keep going to school and um, keep getting an education, especially having two master's degrees that's super impressive um do you think that your master's has given you a unique perspective when traveling or when you know working in travel yeah I think that I think like before I did the programs especially the tourism one because that's the one I did first I thought I was going to and I mean and I did I learned a lot about how the industry does work from the perspective of like destinations because we worked at because I did it in Barcelona, we looked a lot at their tourism marketing strategy and kind of the things that they wanted to implement in terms of like the tourism that comes to the city and kind of rearrange it. And now when I actually learn about or when I hear news about different cities or countries, um, upcoming tourism strategies, it's like really interesting to me because like it just reminds me of like what I had already studied, like with Amsterdam, actually, they want to completely revamp their whole um what is it the whole like viewpoint and perspective that people have of them like they don't want to be viewed as just like um fun and like uh red light districts like city they want to actually be known for more than just that and so um but at the same time I learned a lot about things that also make me critique uh, tourism in certain ways like I learned um about how we could better um impact the communities and like locals that obviously live in the places that we visit that a lot of times when we're there for such a short period of time, we may not necessarily consider as much. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I learned like a lot of things, a lot of things that I wanted to learn and I was expecting to learn as well as things that I didn't expect to learn or even know about or consider, but that I'm glad that I did have the opportunity to learn as well. Um, I love that you brought up, you brought up a few things like Barcelona and Amsterdam, which Amsterdam, I want to get back to, but Barcelona, I know that they had, I don't know if it's 
continued to be a thing, but they've suffered from, um, I don't want to say suffered, but they, they've had issues with over tourism and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, because there's just, you know, there's a big influx of people they're on the port. They have like the cruises and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some ways to kind of like, I guess just as a, as a traveler yourself, looking at certain destinations and, you know, looking at places that, you know, may have an issue or may have a problem with, um, with over tourism, what are some like ways to like, just encourage like safe and positive tourism? Yeah. Um, with Barcelona, as you mentioned, there is a lot of over tourism. And actually that was something that we talked a lot about in uh, my classes, they called it uh, the turistificación, like of the city, like that it was becoming a city more of tourists, kind of like Venice instead of a city for locals. And so things like Airbnb have led to the rise in rent prices for locals, um, which also adds, I guess, to that kind of um, push and pull with tourism with like it, it is helpful for the economy in a lot of different sectors, but at the same time, it's also hurting the people that live there. And so I think um, in terms of like Barcelona and other cities as well, it's sometimes not so much like the fact that it is like over tourism in general, but it's over tourism in certain destinations. Like in Barcelona, everyone's going to La Rambla, Sagrada Familia, Parkwell. So like these five, six places are getting all of these people, while there are still so many other beautiful places in Barcelona that get a fraction of that, maybe a sixth percent of that, if anything. Um, so it's kind of spreading things around, but by creating awareness that these other places exist and finding like easy ways for tourists to get to, because if they're not too easy to get to, there's not enough promotion around them or marketing, then people don't even know that they exist to go to. And it was kind of interesting with the classes because we would learn that there was certain places in the city that were getting too many tourists, but at the same time, the um, tourism board of Barcelona just heavily promotes those same places. So it's kind of like contradictory because how do you get out of something if the same thing, like you're doing the same thing, like nothing changes if you do the same thing. So yeah, I think like the, the strategy can change, but if the action isn't changing, then the result is still going to be the same. Right. Oh, that's so interesting that you like bring up that, you know, most tour tourists, they, they go to the, you know, the same big tourist attractions um, that they always hear about. And that's, that's really interesting. And then I feel like you start going to a hidden gem or something like that, then like on the other end, like locals don't exactly love that. And it, I think it depends on where you go. Right. Um, some locals are just very welcoming and, you know, they want you to know about, you know, their home and they're excited that there's tourism there. So it's mm -hmm. wow. Tourism is super interesting. I like now that we're digging deeper and talking about this, I'm like, Oh, okay. This, makes sense you always hear about like the same places and you see it on like Instagram and all that too right like yeah. and I think it kind of goes well everyone has a responsibility right like 
if you have a travel account, you're a travel blogger, travel influencer, and you're promoting these places, maybe it's, you know, have some sort of disclaimer, say something like, you know, get there earlier because it does, you know, get crowded or, you know, be mindful of the locals. But I guess everyone has this responsibility. Um, It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, even smaller places that um that aren't, you know, heavily promoted as much, um, you know, a little hidden gem, right, that you find like a little small quiet town. But if you have a really large following and then you post about it and then it gets flooded with people, they're not prepared for that type of influx of people and demand for, you know, sleeping accommodations or uh, places to eat. So I think, you know, we have to be responsible as well before we like let people know, hey, you can get this, this and that, knowing very well that it's just like run by one person. And then we send our, you know, 100,000 followers there to just like, kind of stress the man out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is also true. It's kind of having like a balance. Um, And I think in this way, um, these points that you both bring up would be such a great way that destinations, um, tourism boards could really work with creators in a way to, instead of promoting the same places that are already going to get so much um, tourism in general, like finding these other hidden gems or less visited locations or off the beaten path places that could use more tourism, that the surrounding area could use more tourism and that how to make it in a way that it's feasible for the people going there, for the people that live there, that people that work there and everything like that, like working together in that way, I think could be so much more beneficial to the local community, the um, the economy and just the people also visiting. Absolutely. And like how you brought up Amsterdam as well. That was like, oh, wow, I... I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Amsterdam and I know obviously it's more than like a party place, but you talk to a lot of people and outside of Amsterdam or like, I mean, for me, it's like, if I'm talking to other Americans, they, they're going to bring up the, the coffee shops in the red light district and all that. So it's really interesting. I want to see like what happens with this, like how, how do these tourism boards how do these cities like hey we want to be more known for you know our culture we want to be more known for you know these things and step away from I don't know things that could be a little I don't want to say negative but um well just what they're already known for just instead of just I guess doing like a when I guess when celebrities want to do like a like a new chapter or like like their new look um I feel like, like it rebranding would, it, they want to yeah, rebrand. a rebrand I feel like it would it would take a lot for a place like Amsterdam which is extremely well known for the red light district for their weed um to just kind of change that especially because of how many uh, movies and uh, shows that have you know, already put that out there that people are going to watch um, that haven't watched it yet. You know, like it would have mm-hmm. to just, Oh, that's hard. Sorry. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, 
Well, if you think about it also, Times Square now is a very popular tourist destination, but just 30, 40 years ago was also very much like a red light district minus the red lights. So it has changed completely. And now people feel very comfortable going there. But not that long ago, it was a place that most people avoided. Oh, my God. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah I think when because I've only been to to New York once and I was like 12 or 13. I remember it was like even then well it was kind of like weird then um but I remember there were like guys that would come up and would have like fake Rolex watches and I'm sure you could probably still find that but like Mm -hmm. it's very different from what I what I see either on TV or Instagram or you know all that I'm like oh okay people go there now it's cool like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely so it definitely has changed and one of the things that I read actually about Amsterdam is that they are looking to move the red light district out of Amsterdam. They don't want it in the city at all anymore. Mm. That's mm. interesting. That that would make sense because it's like anyone who wants that can go somewhere else that isn't necessarily in the walking path of most people visiting there. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I feel like we're getting the inside scoop because I like had <laughs> no idea about all these things. Another scoop. <laughs> right? Flavia, you're just like spilling it. This is like our tea session. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So um, what are some things that, that you do um, to encourage safe and positive tourism with your with your community? Yeah. So I like to... When I'm doing my own research as well, I like to look at places that aren't just in the city center. Like I love using Google Maps to look at um, for places to visit and everything. Um, But instead of just zoning in on the center, I like seeing what's on the outer circle of that. Um, I'll also look at like the second, the third, the fifth page of Google instead of just focusing on the first one for suggestions. I also love going to local owned shops if I can find any while avoiding, you know, larger chain restaurants and hotels. So all of these things are things that I also like to mention um, within my posts or within uh, my stories that I talk about. Because, you know, places like McDonald's, you know, we can go anywhere, right? Like it's not necessarily a place that is in Hungary. Like I know some people, though, that do try mcdonald's in different countries to see the mixed specialties i think it's called <laughs> like in paris i think they have macrons and baguettes um so that that's an interesting take on it but avoiding just larger chains in general that you can get at home um is definitely a good place to start trying to find something that is more locally owned um or just even if it's a smaller chain of that same country though instead of like an international one um not hassling at markets or with street vendors especially when going to a country with a much weaker currency than your own because for you it may be a few pennies while for that person maybe you know a lot more um yeah so those are just small things like small changes that could be done rather easily right thank you so much oh sorry Go ahead, Jenny. 
Oh no, I was just agreeing. So <laughs> you go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, I love all of those points. Um, definitely shopping local and enjoying local things. The haggling is something that I've always, um, I've always tried to, to do as well and let people know. And if someone does it in front of me, kind of not, it kind of gives, it gives me the ick because I'm like, yeah. really? I'm like, it, it literally is like, like five more pesos that you're saving is is nothing like it honestly is nothing um so just give her the five pesos please actually tip her and buy another one give her more (laughs) yes no I've definitely looked back on previous experiences and thought of like when I've done any of these things and probably so many more and I'm like and I I I get the ick with myself as well I'm like oh I like cringe I'm like oh how did I do that well we got it we have to learn some way and I mean I could look back at a bunch of things too and I'm like wow like I don't know what was I broke then was I was I trying to just see where I could push it? Um, but yeah, we learn and um, it's so true. It's like not a lot for us. So then why even stress it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. but then, and I mean, it's the more, you know, right? Like once you, once you know better, you do better is the, is the saying. So I think once we, once we've learned and once we know, we try to, we try to continue with that. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's things that you can haggle on, right? Like if you're like, sometimes it's like a taxi that's trying to rip you off, but if it's like a local artisan good, you know, at the mercado, like pay yeah. those people for their work. Yeah. Cause I mean, those for the most part are handmade. So that takes a lot of time and skill really to, to do that. Right. Um, Flavia, what advice do you have for, um, young people or just anyone listening who maybe wants a career change, um, wants to do something different? Um, what advice do you have for them that, you know, either want to work in tourism, they want to blog, they want to, you know, do what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I think like, something important is just to be flexible and to try and learn a little bit about everything. I I definitely don't know everything about everything, but if you know a little bit about everything, it gives you, I think, a bit more of an edge, a bit more of, what's the word I'm looking for? A bit more of just like intrigue that maybe your peers may not have as much because you're able to talk about so many topics and that when looking to work with someone could be very appealing for them. Um, But then also just interest and passion. I think like if you are interested enough or passionate enough about a topic, then you're um, finding a way to delve into that industry will be, I won't say easier because sometimes we just don't know where to start. And I think that's sometimes the hardest part, but having that drive to even want to start and talking with other people that do similar things to what you want to do is definitely a path in that direction. I feel like when I started doing really any of this, I had nobody to talk to about this. So I was just Googling random things and trying to just come up with some answers with what I found 
online. Um, but now with social media, that makes it so much easier to find people that are doing the same things as you are. It definitely makes it a lot easier to find a path, finding a community that could ideally help you and lead you in the way that you want to go. Love that. Community is so important. Networking, getting out there, making those like introductions. I think if you see someone who you admire um, or people you admire and, you know, want to do what they're doing, introduce yourself, like network and get out there. So I, I love that. I, Sometimes um, it can be hard at first, but definitely it's worth it in the long run. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Putting yourself out there is super hard. <laughs> I, it's so hard for me. So I, I feel anyone who's like introverted, like me, who, you know, it just takes that extra push, but yeah, you got this. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, a last question. This is something we ask all of our, all of our guests. Uh, why do you travel? I travel to learn about people and places that are so different from my own to know that what I grew up uh, looking at, like looking at things or experiences, situations as normal, may be completely abnormal to someone else. And neither is right or wrong, just different. And I know that I could learn and take some things from other people's cultures that I think are good for maybe the world or in general or for myself and that I could incorporate that into my life as well. Beautiful. Well said. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Flavia. Is there anything else you want to share? Where could people find you? Yes. Let everyone know how they can find you and follow you and learn from you. Yeah. Um, so I'm on all social media as Latina Traveler, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, my blog, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No, and thank you so much. It was really great um having this conversation with you guys. Of course. Thank you for coming on. We're linking all of your um accounts and your blog in the show notes. So if you're interested in learning more, definitely check it out there. And yeah, thank you so much. Um, this yes. was such a good conversation. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing all your turkey content and how how you settle over there. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. 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 That's our episode. Please remember to subscribe and follow for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. If you enjoyed our show and our guests, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcasts, at The Wild Explorer, and at Martha Gets It. And please feel free to share this with your friends and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye.